Hi, this is Dominic Kearns with the Rising as One podcast. Before we begin, I'd love to thank several sponsors. I'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network first. You can find all their stuff at bgn.fm. They're responsible for getting many great USL podcasts out, so please give them a look. Also go to firebirdsoccer.net. This is the new website for our former Firebird Rising coverage, so you can find all sorts of great coverage for Phoenix Rising FC and other soccer-related news in the state of Arizona, all at firebirdsoccer.net. And lastly, we would like to thank Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is a uh, sponsor for, you know, MLS teams, USL teams, all sorts of other stuff. So go to Roughneck Scarves and find a scarf today. And now let's get on to the show. Welcome to this episode of the Rising as One podcast. This is Dominic Kearns here with Aaron Blau and Kyle Mackey. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. You know, had a had a nice Christmas. Just stayed here in Phoenix and just kind of hung out with the family and uh, just you know kept it low key. And we've had you know some great news over the past weeks as far as signings and and other stuff around the league. So doing awesome. Yeah, I'm up here in Sedona right now, uh, enjoying a couple days before uh, we hit the New Year's with my family, and uh, uh, looking forward to being able to share some news uh, with our uh, Rising as One podcast fans uh, for all these great signings and uh, other good news that we uh, we've we've picked up over the past two weeks. And it's been snowy up there, huh? A little bit. Yeah, it actually snowed as we uh, drove in yes uh, drove in um, uh, on Friday, and that was pretty cool. And it is cold, 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 and uh, but that's not gonna stop me, stop me from taking a little hike. We're gonna do about a three mile hike a little bit later today, actually, pretty much right after we're done with this uh, this recording. So, well, then we can't keep you too long. Yeah, gotta get out there and enjoy the day while you still can. <laughs> For sure. uh, well, on that note. We will just give our sponsor a shout-out and then get into the episode. Uh, we'd like to thank our sponsor, the Arizona Soccer Complex. They have leagues for players of all ages. Up by the 17 and the 101 in Glendale, they've got two beautiful indoor fields and an outdoor field, which is pretty nice this time of year. So go check it out and let them know that the Rising is One podcast sent you. And with that, let's get into player news. So Aaron, why don't you start us off here? Yeah, so uh, Rising with One podcast was one of the first uh, outlets to report uh, that Chris Cortez was going to be heading off to the Thai League uh, to uh, Thailand to play soccer for, for the next season. Uh, we did not know which team he was going to be going to or actually have it really truly officially confirmed. It was kind of a uh, uh, an Easter egg that, that we had to find that he was heading off to the Thai League. But we now know that he's heading to the Chonburi FC uh, of the 18-team Thai League One. Uh, the team is a kind of a, a middling team as part of their Premier League, their their top league in Thailand. Uh, the team did finish ninth in 2018, uh, lost in the quarterfinals of both their their Federation Cup and their League Cup. Uh, the team definitely is trying to up their uh, up their skill level 
and try to move to the top quarter of the uh, of the league. One they've been one very middling. Their, they've been very middling for the while. Their game. They're trying. They're trying to rise their game. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, and and uh, Chris Cortez is going to be the only American on the team. So I, I think that's going to be a heck of an experience. And I'm looking forward in about a year or so when he. Uh, to maybe we can do an interview with him and hear about his experience um, being the only English speaker probably on that on that team. Yeah, I mean, it, it, for for a player like Cortez to go make a move like this, I mean, it's for me, it'd definitely be out of my comfort zone, but I think it's also a great opportunity, you know, for him to go play in a league that, as you said, not many Americans get to feature in and uh, to get to go play there and be in a new country and, you know, Apply his trade and on a club that you said is trying to, you know, kind of raise their game right now. I think he's a player that could do just that coming off the season that he had. So um, I'm really looking forward to this next season for Chris. I hope it goes well. And if you're interested in following some of his journey, he's been very uh, public in some of his stuff on uh, Instagram. Now that it is public, because it's only been public for a couple days, uh, he's got some really great stuff on his Instagram uh, showing some of his experience out there with both his uh, physical uh, that he just took, and then uh, he just posted uh, a couple or within the past couple hours about some of the food that he's eating. So it's going to be really interesting to watch his uh, watch his journey out there. For sure, I'll I'll be sure to follow him on Instagram for all that content. Thank you. Um. Let's get to some guys that are returning for this season, and the big name that we come to think about first is Carl Wazinski. The last episode, we weren't sure what was happening with him. Now we know he's coming back. He is going to be back in the net for us, and it's going to make it an interesting battle in preseason between him and um, and uh, Zach Lubin to see who gets the starting spot. Yeah, I t- I, I'm right there with you. Um, I think... Uh, in our last episode, it, it felt like we were maybe giving a little bit of a farewell, um, and then of course uh, we had pie thrown in our face uh, pretty quickly after that. So very happy to see Waz come back. Definitely uh, some interesting statistics about Waz. Uh, he this is he's the most tenured player on the team now. This is his fifth season with the team. He's the record holder in several categories, including single season clean sheets. Uh, consecutive clean sheets, most minutes with a, for, without allowing a goal, and he's the club's all-time minutes leader. So it's really great to have his leadership be uh, be sticking around with the team. And uh, yeah, will will Lubin try you know make a play for that starting role again? Well, wh- what's that going to look like? And uh, we get another season of having two really outstanding keepers in net. Yeah. You're absolutely right, Aaron. And I just have to say, I love, I mean, I think they kept everyone on their heels, the club waiting to announce Waz for so long. But the fact that they did it on Christmas, I think that's a testament to Waz and the, the, you know, how the club sees this player. He's one of the most important players this club's ever seen. As you said, the most tenured rising player leads in so many different categories. And I mean, for me right now, coming into preseason, he's the number one, but I think we can all agree that Zach Lubin has the potential and the talent to, you know, take that spot from Waz if he doesn't show up to preseason. So 
it's going to be really exciting because we do have two top class goalkeepers coming into the season and you know it's something that not all teams can rely on so it's makes me feel very fortunate for sure i'm echoing all those sentiments and uh love to see him back for a fifth year where he can just expand on a lot of those team records it's going to be very cool to see um we also have a few new players that just came in that we should get to um and the first one was jose aguinaga tell me if i'm pronouncing that wrong but uh jose aguinaga uh formerly of red bulls 2 he had 24 appearances last season he's actually from spain and uh trained for a minute in the real madrid youth system he's a young guy he's 23 years old um so really in that mold of signing young players that'll have a lot of potential and i want to say that the uh the phoenix rising um film account i forget what the name of it is but that guy did a statistical breakdown on the guy and like a little bit of a play style breakdown uh, and he looks like another solid attacking midfielder which is what we love to see thoughts you, I mean, you're absolutely right. I think the fact that he came through, I, I believe he came through not only the Real Madrid Youth Academy, but he was also part of Hetafe and Rayo Vallecano in, in Spain. So to be a part of so many youth academies, you know that he's had the talent from a young age. And as you said, he's still very young at 23 years old. And I, I watched some of his film from last season. And I mean, he had some quality strikes. It seems to me another Solomon Asante type player, not afraid to strike from the edge of the box, but also has the capability to play out on the wings and use his speed and technical ability just to take players on one-on-one and beat them. And I would think he's going to be a player that really fits into this team. I don't know if he'll necessarily start right away, just being that we're so stacked already in the midfield. But I mean, if he shows in preseason that he's, he's got the talent, I think Rick Schantz will have no problem getting him in to get regular minutes. Yeah, and Dom, you were you were uh, referring to Joe Lowry of the of uh, at Rising Tactics on Twitter. That's the one. Uh, yeah. Phoenix Rising Tactics. He he did have a, a nice set of uh, short videos that that show some of his skill and ability. And it's really interesting. One of uh, one of the goals that was shown uh, actually was a double nutmeg goal to the back post uh, that he had, which was very reminiscent of a goal uh, scored, I believe, against Swope Park that Sean Wright Phillips had. Uh, during the 2017 season, uh, I think the, the 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 kid shows just a ton of talent, and the folks at Red Bulls too were actually really high on him. So <clears throat> this is going to be a really nice uh, a, a nice piece of the pie. And again, we're getting a young face, uh, another guy with really tremendous speed uh, and some really good skill on the ball to to be playing midfield. Whether he's going to be a winger or he's going to be in the center of the field, I'm not sure. Uh, but, hey, the rich just keep getting richer when it comes to, to Phoenix Rising. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun options in the midfield next season. Um, another player we signed right afterwards, when everyone was still talking about Jose, um, was Joey Calistri. Um And this guy, it's a name you should be familiar with. He played for St. Louis last season. Um got some time with the Chicago Fire in MLS and he you know he can play on the wing he can play midfield he can get up top for goals um, 
and he, I mean, he, speaking of nutmeg goals, had a pretty nifty nutmeg goal earlier in the season, um, right on the touchline and then rolled it into the, into the corner. So he's a guy that has a lot of potential and you'd expect him to at least be a part of our rotation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a player that maybe a lot of the rising fans will be more familiar with just being that he's been on St. Louis. Um, but I, I think that he and Adam Yon, I kind of see them as being more of our top forwards along with Jason Johnson this season. But I mean, as you said, he's a versatile player. He can kind of play anywhere along the front. So, I mean, a great signing for a rising. And, and I just love that we're signing these these younger talents that it really seems like Rick Schantz has an identity that he has in mind for this team and that's just going to be young speed and players that can can do everything themselves so i mean really really great signing but with kalistri yeah kalistri is one of these guys i'm actually uh this is one of the guys i'm the most excited about i think he's uh, uh he's got a veteran attitude he not it doesn't he's got good experience but he, he's got a real veteran attitude he's got a lot of poise uh <clears throat> He is incredibly versatile, just like what you were saying. Uh, he is listed, I think, for us as a midfielder, but he does play forward as well. Um, I, I think this this is definitely a huge win for us, and I'm very excited to see uh, how Kalisari is going to end up fitting into, uh, into, into Coach's scheme here. Any thoughts to add, Kyle? I mean, I just I agree with you completely. The one thing I will say, the signing of these two forwards is making me question. I mean, I think we all kind of have accepted that Billy Forbes is most likely gone, but now it seems like that's absolutely what's going to happen because it just does not seem like we have room for any other attacking player in the lineup. So, I mean, other than, you know, as... Uh, as Aaron has alluded to, Mario Balotelli. That's, you know, mm. we still have that signing, I think, waiting in the wings. But uh, <laughs> no, no, no further thoughts there. All right. Well, with that being said, we thought that we were all good on signings, you know, for some time. And then we got a Christmas Day gift. We got news that AJ Cochran is joining us and he fits the mold of center back that we have been looking for you know six foot three he's young he's 25 um he's played with houston dynamo before more recently he had two strong seasons with with st louis then he joined atlanta too for last season um and he was just a fixture in their starting lineup started 30 matches for them last year um also really good on the ball which is something that you know, at times we've struggled with out of the back with bad giveaways. He led the, or actually he was third in USL for passes completed. So this is a really big signing for us. What are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I mean, huge signing. I think this was, this is a center back that I think will come immediately into the starting 11. I see him and Joe Farrell as our strongest center back pairing right now. And um, I mean, as you said, just ability to pass the ball. I saw some of his film and I mean, the passes he's making, he's taking from the, he's taking the ball collecting from the back line near his own 18 yard box. And he's picking out passes to his midfielders beyond midfield, beyond the half line. And I mean, it's just insane the precision that he seems to have. And as you said, the ability for him to connect 
the back line to our midfield, that's something that I think we didn't always have as a strong point last season. Playing out of the back wasn't always what we looked to, but I think being able to have a strong player who was Atlanta 2's captain as well, so he'll bring a lot of leadership to our back line. I think it's just a great, another great signing. And I mean, this front office has just been doing such amazing business. And I mean, it's really, really exciting me going into the season because we saw what we did last season. And I think we're going to be stronger than we were last year. Yeah. Um, as I'm trying to un- unmute myself, I apologize for that. Uh, you know, if you were to look in a soccer dictionary under the term center back, you would see a picture of AJ Cochran. Uh, the guy physically fits every, uh, every, he just checks every single box when it comes to a center back. Uh, awesome in possession, knows how to connect from, from, uh, back to front. He's got size, six foot three. He's got, uh, width. Uh, he's, you know, not a particularly small guy either. Uh, I think him and, and Farrell are going to just really have have a lot of success along that back line. Uh, I feel a little bit for Duigi Mala uh, in, in this particular case because Mala is going to be, have to fight like hell to get in the starting eleven. But if he if Mala works it works it out right, he's got two really great guys to learn from in that center back position. And uh, big shout out to the front office on this one, who released this at at it was I don't know if it was like midnight. I, like I think Christmas it was. Day. I think it was I, look, Santa Claus I, that dropped it off. Yeah, look, I I know that uh, there's scheduling software in relation to social media stuff, so they could have programmed this a week ago. Uh, but you know, big surprise to to wake up and and open up Twitter and see this on a day that everybody's supposed to be on holiday. So. Uh, very, it was very, very cool, and looking forward to seeing Cochran on that back line. Oh, it's going to be big time to see him. You're right about feeling a little, a little bit bad for Duigi Mala, um, because now he really looks like, you know, he's just going to get spot starts, and he's behind at least two other center backs now. Um, maybe he could see some minutes at at right back or something, but. Uh, that is a little bit tough for him, but at the end of the day, it's about improving team depth. It's about giving yourselves the best chance to win, and this signing really does that for us. Uh, I think that's going to be huge. And so, Aaron, I think you raise a good question off air, and so we'll bring it up right now. What else do we need on this roster now? Because now you're starting to see that depth. So here's what we got. We have two goalkeepers. In our rundown here, I actually put five defenders. It's actually four defenders and nine midfielders. Uh, James Musa was listed as a defender. Um, so, you know, it depends on how he plays. But we, we have four defenders, nine midfielders, three forwarders. What else do we really need? Um, you know, we have, with two goalkeepers... In my opinion, we definitely need at least one more keeper on the, on the roster. Does that mean that we bring back a Dallas J? Uh, John Burner, I think, is all is out um, anyway. Um, I don't know. My my comment was, uh, as Kyle alluded to earlier, is 
Uh, I think we need another goalkeeper, two, two to three more academy-style players, and Mario Balotelli. Uh, what's your thought on that? Oh, man. I mean, we have the Nice connection, so I think Balotelli is probably, I mean, it's possible. It's possible. But, yeah, you're absolutely Maybe right. Maybe next season. I don't think this, I think he's still got a lot of talent. He's still got a lot to offer, so he's not in for a retirement league yet. But um, it would be really cool if, if we got him from our, with our Nice connection. Well, I mean, maybe MLS, and then we announce Balotelli as our first MLS signing. <laughs> okay, we're, we're going too far with these hot takes. Okay, so what I will say is I think one more goalie. You're absolutely right, just for depth. And then, yeah, a couple, you know, academy-type players. Another Evan Waldrip comes to mind a player you know of that type of you know of skill and um, age group and just you know the amount of minutes they'll probably realistically see but yeah I mean really it seems like we have very few signings left to make because I mean the business has been done on the front end it really seems like that we already know what we're going to go into next season and now it's just anticipation building up for all the fans, you know, just waiting to see this team get on the pitch and how we can get out there and play together. Because, I mean, we've talked about it. There's just talent coming out the ears right now for Phoenix, and it's it's just it's great to see. Yeah, we haven't even really uh, the Phoenix Rising hasn't even hit their open tryouts yet. Um, so they'll they'll have open tryouts coming up here pretty soon. They'll then they'll have their invite tryouts, um, invite only tryouts, and then FC Tucson also, of course, comes into the mix. Uh, being part of the same organization, so I've been been seeing. Uh, I, I got a buddy who's done some trials with uh, Toronto. He's did a trial with Reno. Um, so teams are still out there looking to fill rosters, and we're in such a unique position by having a League One team behind us, and as well as having somewhat of a relationship with a league uh, with. What, what may be a League 2 team, i, I got to get some more news on that with what's happening with Sporting Arizona. Um, I'll try and, and have something for our next podcast on that. Uh, but we can sign people at, at the USL Championship level and loan them down to, to the League 1 team. So I really feel that that's going to be a huge asset for us. Uh, and that's why I say, you know, if we're looking to sign two to three more Academy-style players we'll sign them on the championship level and we'll put them in Tucson so that at the senior squad, maybe we only have a 20-man roster or a 20, 21-man roster, and then we can have five or six guys in Tucson that we can call up and down. Uh, that way, people are getting playing time. They're continuing their professional development. Uh, they're, they're aiding in generating excitement all across Arizona as opposed to uh, you know, really, and, and really spreading the message of uh, Arizona soccer. So, I, I think it's a great opportunity, and I'm looking forward to seeing and learning some names that nobody's ever heard of uh, from from smaller markets or coming out of college or something like that, and guys that we might be able to follow for two or three years here. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's such a huge advantage for us to have this FC Tucson and to have the the pyramid type system now within USL and being able to sign players and move them down to Tucson. I think that's something that last season I would have loved to see more of a player like Evan Waldrip, you know, him being able to get regular minutes, Luca Ricci as well. I think those types of players being able to have them get regular minutes during the season 
even though they're not, maybe not starting for the first team. I mean, that's so valuable for their development. And then when they do, you know, see a step up and get called into the first team, they're ready to go. They're fresh. They're fit. You know, their their game fitness is 100% there. So absolutely going to grow the game of soccer here. And I would love to hear about that Sporting Arizona uh, League One connection because or League Two because I just think that, you know, it would be so great to be able to have that, you know, kind of just ladder of soccer in the rankings here in the Valley. I think it's, well, in Tucson as well. I think it's something that we've missed here for a long time. And as you said, it's just going to grow the game so much. And I think that that's something else that MLS needs to look at when they're considering markets, that we're not only trying to grow the game in Phoenix, we're trying to do it statewide. And that's something that, you know, it should be important to them because don't they want success of the game throughout the nation and uh, not just in major cities? So, I mean, very exciting. Just a great time for Rising. I mean, really, it's it's amazing to see the progression of this club over the past two two years. I mean, it's been two years that, we, that we've seen this thing rise from the ashes and take flight. And it's it's just been quite a journey. And I know you feel the same, Aaron. Absolutely, and it's great to see it on all on, on all levels as well. And, and while we focus on rising here, you know, uh, Firebird Soccer, we do try to promote soccer throughout the state, and we have some great things going on with FC Arizona, with the new NPSL Pro and the Founders Cup. So we're we're just going to have to see this continue. Um, so let let's move on to what else is happening statewide in soccer here. Um, the Mobile Mini Sun Cup teams have been announced, uh, joining the Mobile Mini Sun Cup. This year for the MLS preseason will be re- uh, returning Houston Dynamo, Seattle Sounders, New York Red Bulls, FC Dallas, Portland Timbers, Sporting KC, Real Salt Lake, and I believe new, I don't think that they came out last year, Minnesota United. Uh, the Mobile Mini Sun Cup is going to take place between February 6th and February 23rd, mostly in Tucson at the Kino Sports Complex down there. Uh, there is no word on Phoenix game, Phoenix games yet, uh, but I think Kyle, Kyle, had you heard a little bit about what might show up in Phoenix? Yeah, I read in the in the Phoenix Rising press release that there was to be two matches played here in Phoenix, um, but as far as who will be partaking in the matches and when they will be taking place, that was not released. As you said, that will be released at a later date. So you know, kind of leaving us on our toes, doing another announcement, which we all know this this front office and the social media team loves to do and we love it as well as fans so um just really looking forward to it as you said minnesota united is the only new club that will be joining us for this this edition of the mobile mini sun cup and uh i'm excited to see minnesota united one team that i think we all would have loved to see was lafc um very you know very disappointed that they didn't you know make the trip out but it is what it is i think that these are going to be great opponents for phoenix and I'm I'm really excited. Last year I didn't get to go down to Tucson to see any of the preseason matches, but I hope to this next season because I heard great things from the fans last year. Definitely, definitely agree there. Um, any teams that you're hoping we get a chance to play at the soccer complex? I mean, personally, I'm looking at Minnesota United and Real Salt Lake as like matches that would be pretty winnable for us, and it would be fun to win a match at home against an MLS side. Maybe sporting too. Just we played them last year, but they have a fun style. Tends to be pretty open. Anyone jump off the page to you guys? I mean, for me, it'd be Portland Timbers. Just being that they played in an MLS Cup, going up against them would be fun. But as you said, I think 
Real Salt Lake and Minnesota United, especially, I think Phoenix would fare better against them as far as opponents' um, quality. But Sporting KC, too, I mean, you know, we have that rivalry with Swope, and that we all know that Swope's big brother. So that they're a fun team as well. And I think FC Dallas. FC Dallas plays a fun, open style, and that'd be another team that would be, you know, exciting to play against. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Seattle's always a great team. Seattle and Portland, those are great teams, great fan bases. Uh, of course, we have some good representation for uh, for those teams with local supporters groups as well. I believe Portland Timbers has a pretty strong local supporters group here. Uh, so <clears throat> that might be a really fun environment. I'd love to see us go up against New York Red Bulls again. I think we had a shot winning that, that match last season. And then had a, actually pretty good uh, regular season. I love seeing, uh, seeing Wright Phillips there. Uh, I was really bummed out that we couldn't have Sean uh, Sean Wright Phillips playing his brother uh, in the preseason. But uh, you know, whenever whenever you're talking about playing the big boys, getting the attention of anybody who's in New York, that's that's a pretty big deal. Uh, and then of course our Cascadia teams that really love their their football too, bringing in their supporters into our city, taking taking them out of their snow covered areas, showing showing having them show up in our city. Uh, is great for tourism. It's great for building a fan base and uh, creating fans at the Division Two level out of Division One uh, supporters. Yeah, and I I think it also the preseason matches last year gave us a taste of what was to come during the regular season. We found out we could play against teams at the MLS level and really give them a run for their money, and that translated to once we started playing USL teams, we were you know ahead of most of them and we were able to really have a strong season and uh you know it was just good to learn a little bit about the squad before the season began and you know really see some eyebrows raised i mean we especially the match against red bulls i mean we beat them at the end in tucson but you know there were other matches that were right there for the taking and it's just a great educational thing too yeah, and it, no, it, it actually might be an interesting preview to see if uh, El Paso makes it in. You know, it's it's not it's probably what a four hour drive uh, across the desert for them. They might come in for a match. Uh, we know FC Tucson usually plays a match. Sporting Arizona had, I believe, two matches last year, maybe two or three. There were closed sessions. They weren't part of the actual mini mini Sun Cup, but uh, they were still trying. You know, good, really good, strong training sessions. Uh, and the opportunity maybe to take a peek at what's going on in those programs. So uh, this is a really unique opportunity for anybody in Arizona, any uh, who, who's a footy fan, to be able to see some some soccer in, in almost like a, a minor league baseball sort of feel. Uh, intimate environments, folks that are close by, you get to see a lot of people because they don't stick with the, the typical three um, three substitutions. Usually the first half, they have one set of team, and second half they have another set of team with maybe some trialists. And so there's a lot of good entertainment that, that that's to be had uh, between February 6th and February 23rd in Tucson. And at least one or two matches up here, hopefully two. So yep. moving on in our uh, in our calendar, we did receive a the Phoenix Rising schedule. Uh, from MLS or I mean from USL's uh, um, office out in Tampa, we got it about a month earlier than we usually do. So there's a lot of time to be able to hype some of this stuff going on. Uh, a few notes for me is that uh, the the schedule opens on Saturday, 
March 9th at San Antonio. Uh, our home opener is going to be on March 16th versus New Mexico United. So our first home game is going to be against our new divisional rival, uh, New Mexico United, and their forward, Kevon Freighter. So that's going to be really awesome. A uh, couple big notes. There are no home Wednesday games. So we don't have to worry about Wednesday games at home this year. And I'm really excited about that because uh, those are really tough to fill stadiums. We uh, There's only one home match in July. That's going to be versus the Austin Bold. Uh, that's going to be interesting to see how that draws. Uh, and that game happens to be the only home match between June 29th and August 10th. So in, in almost a six-week span, we're only going to be going to have one home game. Uh, starting in the August 10th, though, we do have three consecutive home games uh, as we fill out the rest of August. Uh, just so that you know, you can always check the Arizona soccer calendar. Uh, it's going to be loaded on the firebirdsoccer.net uh, and our calendar on firebirdsoccer.net. I'll load it in the next week, and that's where you can find all of your Arizona Arizona footy schedule. We'll have the FC Tucson. We'll have uh, our UPSL teams, our NPSL teams, as and, and our USL teams on that count. Dom, tell us, what, what's your thought on this schedule here? Yeah, um, so actually we had a tweet right after the schedule got released um, where there were three thoughts, and I'll just I'll just share those. We have six Friday night home matches, and what, is, what does that mean to me? It means I think we're going to have a lot of $1 beer nights, which... I mean, you can't mess that up. Uh, that's going to be super fun. It also means we're going to get, you know, a lot of national exposure because usually there's only one match on on those Friday nights. Um, so we'll get some more matches on ESPN3. We will get more eyeballs on Phoenix Rising, you know, in the Valley. It'll be a fun opportunity for, hey, invite some friends, let them have a good time, and hopefully watch a win. I think most of those matches were pretty winnable matches. Another thing, for me, I think the toughest stretch is mid-April to early May. And Kyle, I don't know if you have the, the screenshots from that tweet in front of you, but here's our schedule from April 13th to May 4th. At El Paso, at Austin Bold, versus Sounders 2, at Sac Republic, at Orange County. I mean, that's, that's tough. Because yeah. other than Sounders 2 at home, I think all of those are going to be you know, top 10 teams in the West next year, which I guess means playoffs now. Um, yeah, I mean, none of those are going to be pushover matches, and they're all away. Um, on the flip side, the summer could be really good for us because we do have a lot of away matches in July, but really we have a lot of winnable matches. Here's our opponents from June 29th through August 31st. T2 at home at RGV versus Austin Bold, at Tulsa, at Galaxy 2, versus El Paso, versus Reno, versus Sac Republic, at Sounders 2, at Colorado Springs. I feel like we're going to be favored in almost all of those. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and I mean, even, I think, in those three, in the August period that you mentioned, the El Paso, Reno, and Sacramento all three consecutively at home. Those three are going to be tough matches, as we said. Those will all be playoff teams. But I think 
coming in late in the season, I think we should be in great form at that point, and those should be no problem. You know, being on our home pitch, we all know this team brings it every single night, so it's not going to be a worry. To go back to where you said our most difficult stretch, yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Absolutely, those matches are going to be difficult, especially, I think, the El Paso and Austin matches. Just such a quick turnaround between those two. Only four days between those two matches. I mean, it's really going to be tough. I know it's not too much travel, but Texas is still a big state, and I think it's, you know, it's going to be two opponents that we haven't played yet. So it's going to be a really good learning experience for the Phoenix Rising faithful in those two matches. As you said, Seattle Sounders, too, that should be, you know, a good, easy home match. But then we go on the road to Sacramento and Orange County, two opponents that we know are very difficult, especially on the road. Um, so it's it's going to be awesome. The one thing I will say is I think the Orange County SC match being so close to Cinco de Mayo is great. And I really, really hope that we do something to make another road trip happen because I think we could paint Irvine red every single chance we get. Yeah, speaking of road trips, there are definitely some road trips that are in the plans. Uh, I know Red Fury's already got a, um, a a road trip. It's actually not just going to be a road trip. It's going to be a train trip. Uh, so Red Fury's currently planning a train trip to El Paso uh, that's going to depart from Maricopa to take the train into El Paso and then return, to return the next day. So there's a lot of great opportunities uh, going on. That sounds so cool. <laughs> Yeah, you got to go see the locomotives on a train, right? I mean. <laughs> Gosh, that's going to be a crazy train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's there. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it's it, the season's shaped up to be really, really nice. I love the format. Um, I think we should talk about playoff format maybe next time around because uh, there are some changes to that. But the fact that we're getting a one-and-one one for every single game or for every single team, uh, it's a bounced schedule. Uh, it's pretty well spread out. We have a couple couple teams that I think we're getting out of the way early on as well. Um, so, you know, it's going to be one of those things where it's going to be interesting um, when teams hit form and when they fall out of form because you know that that's going to happen. Everybody's going to have their, their good stretches and bad stretches. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think the, the, the schedule is shaped up for us that <clears throat> we're, we're able to get some early games out of the way for some, and really get ourselves into the right form before we have to hit our major challenges. I agree. Um, other than the San Antonio match, which is going to be a challenging one, you know, I think that first month of the season gives us a lot of opportunities, and we aren't playing the really elite teams in that first month so good opportunity for us to rack up some points before we hit that tough stretch um do we want to move to you know just local soccer news um a couple things that aren't really soccer matches but events to have on your calendar absolutely so the next uh event to put on your schedule and this is a phoenix rising related event is going to be the phoenix rising jersey launch event that's going to be january 26th it's at the Marquee Theater in Tempe. We're, we're going to be debuting two new kits, and one is going to remain. Uh, Sam Doris said this is going to be the first opportunity to see the entire squad. So uh, all the players should be in town for that event, and it's going to be, going to be a really good one. Uh, look for details on the Phoenix Rising Twitter account as well as the website, and we'll try to get as much information out on the Rising as One podcast 
as well as Firebird Soccer just as soon as it comes out. My question for you guys is, we know that it's two, two new kits. One of them is remaining. Which one is remaining? Dom, what do you think? Oh, gosh. Um, everyone loved the black kits, but I think we were getting teased with a black and copper look for this year. So I think, I think it's between the red and the white kits to see which one remains. And um, I don't know. Uh, on the spot here, I'm going to say the white one stays because the white one was fine. Like, really, it was fine. I like the socks. It was a good look. Um, but I think we'll mix it up with both home jerseys next year. I Kyle, think what do right. you think? I think you're right, Dominic. I was kind of feeling that, too. I think, as you said, I think we've been teased a lot. And I even think I saw Sam Dorr mention one time on Twitter, year three is when we should look into the Copper State jerseys. And I hope, I really hope that that's our third kit this season. As you said, the white one, I mean, it looked fine. It, it had a good, clean look to it. And that's not to say anything about the red or the black. I think they both look amazing. But I just think that maybe, you know, we see something new for the home kits, as you said, and something to mix it up. One thing I will say is the date of this being the day before the U.S.-Panama match. I love that. I love the fact that fans will be able to get their jerseys and then we can go wear them and show them off on national television when the U.S. is here in Phoenix. I think that's huge. I think that's going to be, you know, just something great to see and something I'll really look forward to at that match. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Look, you can't improve on the white too much. you got to have a white jersey. doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. I have a feeling the blacks are going to stay. The blacks were the most popular kit uh, from last year. Everybody seemed to really love them. Um, I don't see them getting rid of it, but I, I will tell you from a photographer's perspective, I hope that they're gone. Um, it's really hard to get good shots in those black kits in in a hmm. in in a theory. I, I'm getting really geeky here. But my photographer friends like Ashley and and uh, uh, you know and, and some folks who are out there uh, really know what I'm talking about. All the photographers complain about, about the black kids. It's kind of a dark stadium. I know it looks good to the naked eye, but to a camera lens, it's a really dark stadium and it's hard to shoot. Um, that's one of the major reasons why uh, Grace uh, Grace Stakowski, um shoots a lot in black and white is because it's really hard to get contrast right and color right in that stadium so if the blacks go away i'm going to be a happy photographer well i don't think that's going to happen so i'm sorry man i think you're just gonna have to get used to that but i think it's going to be black and copper this year because that's they already said that's what the season ticket holder scarf is going to be so i'm i'm just thinking it it seems like put one and one together that's going to be our black kit this year i don't know we'll see it makes it makes total sense. I'm just selfish. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the next event on the calendar, uh, Kyle alluded to that. Uh, not a Phoenix Rising related event, but it is the U.S. Men's National Team versus Panama on January 27th. Tickets are on sale now via Ticketmaster. Uh, there has been some uh, some arms reaching across the aisle. Um, in, in one way, shape, or form by the, uh, the American Outlaws Phoenix chapter to say, hey, Phoenix Rising fans, uh, Phoenix Rising supporters, Banditos, Red Fury, Bluebirds, 
whatever you want to call them, all, all of our different supporters groups, uh, please come and stand in the American Outlaws section. Of course, American Outlaws have actually been a great supporter of Phoenix Rising uh, and, and uh, included the Phoenix Rising supporters groups in several events. So we want to be out there cheering with them uh, um, and, and shouting with them and doing what we can uh, to really put on a good show. My question for you guys is, does this game matter in terms of MLS? Uh, there, there are a couple schools of thought. There's one from John McPherson who says, hey, attendance at a men's national team doesn't matter at all. There's another school of thought that says, hey, Nashville put themselves on the map a little bit by uh, having some really great support of the men's national team. Kyle, why don't you tell us what your thought is? I, I think that MLS absolutely takes this into consideration because they want butts in the seats. And if they see it for a men's national team event, they naturally think, oh, the same could be applied to a MLS match. I, I mean, we saw it with Nashville, as you said. I think we could all agree. They they basically just earned it with attendance because before that, Nashville was an afterthought as far as MLS expansion. And then they come in before FC Cincinnati. So, And, I mean, look at FC Cincinnati. They were doing it, you know, attendance through the USL, but attendance absolutely matters to MLS, whether it's a men's national team match or a league match. They care how many people are showing up and how many people will show up regularly. So, yeah, I mean, I absolutely think that this matters for MLS. And that's one reason I think every single person who is for Phoenix Rising making MLS or if you even just enjoy soccer you should get out to this match because it's it's going to be a great match and I mean we all know that this is going to be Greg Burhalter's first match for the U.S. so to be able to see a new coach you know it's not going to be all the big names for the U.S. that we all hope to see it's going to be a mostly MLS squad but um, it's still going to be a great great match and I think it's going to be you know Hopefully a start of a new cycle for the U.S. You know, really last year it was kind of a lull for a U.S. men's national team fan. You know, we didn't really see too much progress given that we didn't have a coach or a given identity. I think now is when we can really start to work towards the next World Cup. Yeah. Dom, what about you? I mean, personally, I don't think it should matter, but I think it is going to matter. Um, I, For whatever reason, it's just one of those things that – Don Garber really likes to see is good attendance with U.S. Men's National Team and, you know, the Nashville match comes to mind. I think if we have a good showing attendance-wise, like 40,000-plus, that's going to be hyped on the USL Championship website. Someone's going, you know, Don Garber might say nice things about Phoenix and, you know, it's good to see they can support us like that. Um, it seems to be one of those soft factors that does matter. And at the very least, it'll it'll generate some positive publicity. We don't want to have a situation where we only have like 28,000, and then that looks bad. And then that gets a lot of bad publicity going. So, look, I, personally, I don't think it should matter, but it does. So, let's do our part and, you know, show out and send the right message. And I just want to say, I agree with you, Dominic. I don't think it should matter, but I think given the politics of soccer here in the U.S., it does matter. I'm absolutely not advocating that it should be a prerequisite for MLS, but, I mean, unfortunately, it is something that we've all seen Darren Garber look upon fondly. And as you said, if if we do it, hopefully we get a shout-out for it, and, you know, it would be well-deserved. I think the issue with it is that... um, 
the only effect that this could potentially have is a negative effect. If we show, then we're doing what's expected. If we don't show, then that's where everybody gets to poke holes in our argument and talk about levels of support and desire. Of course, they, nobody's going to talk about the fact that you got to drive, you know, with a lot of supporters on the east side, you got to drive to the west side or anything like that. Or that we're not really seeing our top stars. There's no Christian Pulisic. Um, there's no, um, uh, what's the other guy that's in Europe? I forget, that just joined Bundesliga. Uh, uh, Weston McKinney, Josh yeah. Sargent. There's, I mean, a few. Yeah, there's no Josh Sargent. Uh, so, so, you know, that the, the players aren't there. Uh, that there's no, I mean, nobody's going to talk about that there's no momentum for the U.S. men's national team at all in the first place. Um, or that there's not probably a lot of support locally for Panama. So I, the problem is this is kind of like a trap game. You know, it's like, well, it's like uh, the Arizona State Sun Devil basketball team playing Princeton, which happened last night and we lost. I, I wouldn't yeah. compare that. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's, it's like the old, you either do what's expected and everybody's like, eh, great, they did what was expected. Or you don't do what it's expected, and everybody goes, and look at what those schmucks did. Um, it, it's a very difficult position to be in. So I think the only choice is, hey, let's get in there. Let's fill that place up. Let's be loud. Let's be proud. Um, the question is, uh, here's another question for you. Uh, this came up on Jason Davis's show on SiriusXM. Are you allowed to wear a jersey other than the jersey that the teams are playing? Because my druthers would be everybody needs to show up at that U.S. men's national team game in their Phoenix Rising gear. But there is a large contingent of really diehard soccer fans that says if it's a men's national team game, you either wear the men's national team jersey or nothing. <laughs> what are you guys' thoughts on that? I mean, that's, it's oh my it's God. ridiculous. Yeah, That's ridiculous. I mean, you, what you're going to start telling me that on certain days I have to wear certain colors. Who gives a damn? I mean, it doesn't matter. If you're there to support the game, you're there to support the game. I don't, I don't, for me, it doesn't make a difference. I mean, I've, I've, how many times on TV have I been watching a Arsenal Tottenham game and I see, you know, Chelsea fans there in the stands or a Manchester United fan. It happens in England. It, it happens here. I think that's ridiculous. And I mean, as a Phoenix Rising fan, I think we all agree that we need to go decked out in everything Phoenix Rising and have a Phoenix Rising section of the stadium. <laughs> I, you know, I'll tell you what, I, I've, it's tough for me because I hate going to ASU football games and seeing people wearing like some other team's gear that's not even playing. Like you're at an ASU game, you should wear maroon and gold. If you're wearing like. I don't know, um, an Auburn shirt to an ASU football game, like, that doesn't even make sense. It doesn't compute in my head at all. So I think I'm going to have to wrestle with this a little bit before the game on January 27th. Wear what you want to wear. I mean, that's that's all that I have to say on it. I mean, look, the fact that you're even showing up is the biggest thing. If you're paying, like, 30 40 50 bucks more than that for a lot of seats to watch this match you should be able to wear what you want yeah absolutely i mean you're paying the admission price it, uh, there shouldn't be a uh you know a 
uniform or something that you you should have to wear. Um, I mean, as I agree with you, Aaron, it, it does look ridiculous when you're wearing something completely impartial. But in this case, I don't think it's out of the ordinary to wear a club in the city that the match is located in. I don't think that's something that could be looked down upon. All right, Dom, that's it for the Firebird Soccer calendar. And again, I'll have all of the uh, home games for all of our local teams, uh, our women's teams, our men's teams, all of our division. We'll have that up on the calendar sometime in the next week or so so that you can start planning uh, your schedule for the next 10 or 12, 10 or so months. Uh, Dom, looks like we do have a question from our supporters section. Uh, do we want to go ahead and take that one? Let's do it. Um, thank you to Rob Sell, regular listener and commenter um, at RM Sell. We heard from Shantz about how the style of play, about the style of play he wants in 2019. Do our new acquisitions fit that mold, and how? Shout out to Rising Tactics. Um, I mean, I'm gonna say yes to this. Uh, we have mostly young players. We have mostly guys that can come on a counterattack, blaze up the field, um, are really good with the ball on their feet. There's been an emphasis on possession this year. And so when you see a center back like A.J. Cochran, who's third in the USL and passes completed, you can tell that we're going to try to build out of the back a little more. We're going to have more of an emphasis on possession. You know, same thing goes for, um, you know, guys like Calistri, um, guys like Jose Aguinagua. I'll need some time to practice that, but um, yeah, these guys are quick. They're relatively young. They're good on the ball. I think those aspects are all going to go into what Shantz wants to see tactically next season. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. These signings are, are showing that Rick Shantz has an identity in mind for this team, and um one thing that I actually learned about Rick Schantz this past season is he's an Arsenal fan. So what I kind of see is some some parallels to, you know, trying to play a similar style to Arsenal, you know, possess the ball, move it quick, but be deadly on the counterattack as well. And as you said, you know, Joe Farrell and um, A.J. Cochran in the center back pairing, you know, they're going to be able to slice and dice the other team's midfield and just passing balls out of the back. I think it's going to be such a huge strength of this team coming into the season, something we haven't always had. So, yeah, I mean, it's we're going to be a very entertaining side. Rick Schantz has said that. And I think, you know, this year it's going to be goals, goals, goals. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye out onto the At Rising Tactics Twitter account because um, I see what I hear is we want to play more possession what I see is we're going to be a countering team. And to me, in my head, I have a lot of trouble reconciling that the two exist within the same system. Um, you know, of course, there's going to be times where you're going to play one and the other, and it depends on who the opponent is. Uh, but I see that this is a... I hear one thing related to possession, uh, but I really see something totally different in terms of speed and countering. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see for, for me because I, I'm having a little bit of a trouble reconciling that, Rob, and I think that that's a great question that that, uh, that that Rob put forth for us. Yeah, thank you, Rob, for asking a great question. Um, but at this point, I think we can move on to our closing thoughts, and we can mix closing thoughts up today. I was thinking 
This is the last episode of 2018. The new year is just around the corner and most people will be listening to this on New Year's Eve. So why don't we do some Phoenix Rising New Year's resolutions? Um, maybe we each do one that we want to see from the team and then maybe like two or three of our own Rising related New Year's resolutions. How does that sound? Yeah. No, that sounds good. Well, let's rock it. All right. Kyle, Kyle, kick us off. So one thing that I would love to see coming into this next new year is another high-profile international, not international, just a good high-profile opponent, friendly, like we saw with LDU Keto last season. I think that was the match that lit our season on fire last season. I mean, being able to go down to Quito in Ecuador and play against such a top-class opponent in an insane atmosphere and to get an amazing result at that, I think that was huge for the confidence of these players. And it really showed that we had something here in Phoenix. We had a great team. And I really want to see something like that in 2019. And then, I mean, just to wrap it up in this year, I mean, it's it's just been it's been crazy. It really has. I mean, as going back to that match, when we got a result in keto, that was that was amazing. But it wasn't at that point. I wasn't thinking, okay, this team's gonna make the USL Cup final and win the West. But we did just that, and doing that in the way that we did it. I mean, it was tense. It came down to the very end of the season. And, you know, we didn't do it the easy way. We had to go play on the road in Orange County. And, you know, I think I think that was amazing. We showed so much heart. And, I mean, to have so much change that we did last season, having Patrice Carterone leave midseason, yet Rick Johns was able to come in and steady the course and lead us. I mean, he no doubt earned this position that he's in full time now. And I'm just looking forward to, to what he's going to do because... I mean, he's become a huge part of soccer in Arizona from FC Tucson up to Phoenix Rising. And as me and Aaron were talking about, we now own the FC Tucson, you know, team and being able to have them as a form of, you know, division three kind of team that we can play players down to and loan them out to. I think that's going to be another huge asset for this rising brand. And I mean, it's just it's been so amazing seeing the growth in such a short time. And I think that is a real testament to this ownership group and. You know, just so thankful that for them, and I think amazing things are going to happen this next year. I would say my overall um, New Year's resolution, or hope, or hope for the new year, um, <clears throat> is that the relationship between the between Red Fury and Banditos continues to improve, uh, that their coordination um, continues to get better, and their respect for each other. Uh, continues to to grow. This was a great. I have friends uh, in both groups. I think this year, uh, from the start to the end of the year, saw incredible growth in the relationship between the two. Uh, really solidified their goals as supporter, uh, independent supporters groups. Uh, they each have their own personality. They respect that they have their own personalities. Uh, they get al- they're they're getting along better than they ever have. Um, the the joint chance that they're start the, that they're starting, I think, are going to continue. Uh, I'm so proud of them and and. Um, you know, it really comes down to experience. Winning or losing uh, games, that's one thing. They, it, but the in-game experience is so huge for the casual. Uh, and when our supporters groups can act as they have been, uh, especially over the last half of the season, uh, where they're coordinating and doing stuff together and really, really doing their job as supporters, 
uh, that's just incredible. And, and I'm so uh, I'm so stoked at, uh, for my friends out there uh, who are all working so hard to promote the team, uh, to show the team in the best light possible, to expose the team to as many people as they can in, in a really amazing and positive manner. So uh, all, all my hopes and dreams lie with my Red Fury and Bandito's friends. Uh, you guys are awesome. Keep up the good work, and I can't wait for, to see what the rest, uh, what this new year uh, brings to uh, to those groups. Um, great New Year's resolutions. For me, it's gonna be. I just want to see like fun team organized road trips to some of these new cities. Um, it looks like El Paso is gonna be the locomotive trip, um, but New Mexico is gonna be an option. Orange County for sure. Unfortunately, Vegas is a Wednesday match this year, which, you know, that makes things more difficult there. But um, I'd love to see a couple of these matches, um, maybe Los Dos in August. See the team organize a couple of those trips because they have all been wildly successful when they've done that. Um, and I guess an alternate one is, gosh, let there be a black and copper kit. I want that so bad. I'm sorry if it makes your shots really bad, Aaron, but I want that black and copper kid. <laughs> well, the copper should help. The copper should help. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it all depends on how it's how it's lined. I mean, possibly it's predominantly copper with, with hints of black, but uh, yeah, I'm with you, Dominic. I think that kit's going to be sweet. All right. On to personal rising res resolutions. Who wants to take this one first? Oh, that's a tough one. Not all at once. Personal rising resolution resolutions. Uh, I I I really want to get a new lens so that I can take better shots. Um, that that's what I'm hoping for for uh, what I can provide to and and, and continue providing uh, to the local scene. Uh, if anybody wants to sponsor a, <laughs> a new Olympus <laughs> lens, uh, hey, hit me up. I would love. Uh, uh, I'd be happy to put your name on 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 the side of the lens. <laughs> we need a, a GoFundMe for Aaron's new camera lens. Is what yes, we need. exactly. It's only fifteen hundred. <laughs> um, my personal resolution will be, well, okay. I have some bad news. When we saw the schedule release. The home opener, I will not be in attendance for. Unfortunately, I will be in Turks and Caicos for my sister's wedding. So I'm going to be watching so, that wow. match. So Billy Forbes. Yeah, I was just going to say, Billy, hey. if, if you're still in Turks, let's meet up and watch the match <laughs> together. I mean, <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, look at me complaining about going to vacation on Turks and Caicos. But still, I'm going to miss the home opener. So my resolutions to make every single home match at post Mexico New Mexico United um, and to buy all three kits this year last year I only bought the black jersey and I feel I can ask for it so I need to buy all three kits this year big baller over here all right Aaron you and if anybody this? wants to sponsor a kit for Kyle he'll put your name on the back of the kit <laughs> yeah oh, I really will Anything, anything you want on the back, I'll wear it. <laughs> um, <laughs> the don't I got some ideas there. I'm not gonna say them right now, but Eric, <laughs> <laughs> how about yours? 
Uh, just that the the uh, the lens would be the big the the big dog for me. That that's mine. Um, but uh, I think uh, I think we have uh, some things that just like uh, um, you know the Phoenix Rising fan show is gonna is upping their game on Twitter or I, I'm sorry upping their game on YouTube. Uh, I think our, our little group here wants to up our game too. So uh, I think uh, we're going to be able to do some great things for the team uh, as, as part of the Risings One podcast, as part of Firebird Soccer as well. Um, and uh, we continue to work hard for, for our team and, and show them support. Nice. And, um, you know, for me, I want to get, if there's a black and copper kit, I want to get one. I've still been wearing the 2017 jersey, and it's it's time to, you know, move forward with that. Um, I also want to get up to the press box more. I was doing that in 2017. You know, last year, uh, a lot of my friends were in supporters, and so I really didn't make it up to the press box much. I want to get back up there more because that'll help us get better post-match audio and some more exclusive interviews, which now that I'm working full-time, that's really the only way to do it is on match days. So I'm going to try to do that more so that we have better content for our listeners. Um... And then I'll try to get down to Tucson. If there's a Saturday match in Tucson, I'd love to do that. So that's what I got. That's good stuff. Uh, well, thank you guys, and uh, thank you to all our listeners, of course. Uh, we appreciate it. We do this for you. Uh, we do this to support our team. And uh, um, best wishes on, a, on an amazing 2019 for you personally. For our Phoenix Rising squad, uh, for all of our Arizona teams, um, and uh, and we'll be here, continuing to make our podcast better, continuing to make Firebird Soccer better, and uh, and provide the best possible product uh, as as uh, fan journalists for you. So that's really uh, really what we're here for. Uh, so I'm Aaron Blau for Rising's One Podcast and Firebird Soccer. Also for Kyle Mackey and Dominic Kearns, Happy Happy New Year. And uh, we'll see you on in 2019 for some more Uprising. Uprising. In 2018, we rose as one. Now it's time for that Uprising. 2019, baby. That's right. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is the official scarf supplier for MLS, USL, and US soccer. So be sure to go to roughneckscarves.com and get some of their products. We hope you enjoyed the show.